Recharge listeners, welcome back to another edition of the Teacher Recharge Podcast, the only podcast on the internet hosted by me, Fred Kep. And today is a very special day because not only have we taken out all the ads from this episode, but we also have Rachel Weinstock on the show. She's an elementary school teacher, public speaker, and artist from Toronto, Canada. And she's been working in the education field for over 15 years and is known at the school she works at as Miss Rainbow Fairy because of her alternative approach to education. This interview has so much value in such a little amount of time. This is going to make your Monday. It's going to start your week off right. Enough about how great it is, though. Let's just get to it. Enjoy the interview with Rachel Weinstock. Hello, Teacher Recharge listeners. Welcome back to another edition, another week of the Teacher Recharge podcast. Today, we have an out-of-this-world guest. She is an elementary school teacher. She's a public speaker. She's an artist. And her teaching style is just energetic and every... Oh, we're going to get into it. It's going to be great. So... Her name is Rachel Weinstock. She is here. Where are you coming to us from? Toronto, Canada. Oh my gosh, Canada. Dang. You know what? There's a bunch of Canadians around my apartment complex here in Kansas right now, but they're in in goose form. (laughs) Canadian (laughs) geese and it's nesting seasons. So you speak, you teach, and you have a little bit of a alternative approach to education. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my approach is like the foundation of all the work I do is from an emotionally intelligent place to the best of my abilities. So I'm always looking for points of connection with kids, meaning like I really care about them and that's the foundation beyond the academics. The academics are always like on top of it, but I notice their new haircut. I notice if they feel sad. I notice if people are being excluded. I notice if they have a sparkly new shirt, like things that genuine human connection, um, which builds connection between us. And it also, like if other students see me like caring about a student, they know, okay, that's a caring teacher. And it expands to all students, not just in my classroom. Like I will notice whatever's happening within the school that day. So it's all based on caring. It's all based on uh, humor. I use a lot of play and creativity and humor in in the work I do with children. And it's based on conflict resolution too, because a lot of times kids don't have support in, in resolving the conflicts that they have. And then it builds up. There's a lot of trauma that comes from that. There's a lot of like deep feelings from kids that adults aren't supporting them or that they don't care. They interpret that as well. And so that is really important to me to know how they're feeling and that they're feeling good. So my whole idea about school is school should be at the most magical place that they go, the most loving and supportive place, regardless of their home life. And especially if their home life is difficult, but, but everyone should have a wonderful supportive environment. What are the age groups that you're working yeah, with? Yeah. So I teach kindergarten to grade eight. I've been mainly a substitute teacher for the last like decade with the, with the uh, board that I'm with by choice, because I see myself as kind of like a fairy godmother 
player in the system yeah. and I get to kind of hold them accountable to be their best person. And I go back to the same classes most of the time over and over. So I see them as they grow up. A lot of my kids from kindergarten are graduating now in grade eight, you know, mm -hmm. so that's really cool. My teacher name is Miss Rainbow Fairy. And it really is that like if you went into the school, you would hear thousands of kids calling me that name. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's because again, I want them to know that it's a safe space. Like they're with me and they have an example of an adult who is alternative, you know, and being true to themselves. Like I'm very playful and creative. Mm -hmm. And most of what I do comes from the place of what pain I experienced within the education system. Mm -hmm. And then also what I know to be true from the last 15 years of education, seeing what works with children. They respond to humor. They respond to being supported with their conflicts. They respond to people caring about them, you know, and that builds a community within the classroom and within the schools. Yeah, your your Facebook and your Instagram stuff. So I did this thing called Happy Feet. And basically mm -hmm. what it is, is, is it's like story time with a soccer ball. So I would go into like pre-Ks or kindergartens and I would take the, these balls that have like a little smiley face on them. And we called that Bob the Bob the Bobcat, the ball. <laughs> Bob the ball. And yeah. the whole like thing was built around like you'd, get them to dribble and stuff but it was like we'd go through a forest and we'd have to you know all of this stuff and when I took on the job when I started doing it I was horrible at it like absolutely terrible because I just how do you connect with that young of a group but then I'm I'm gonna give credit where credit's due so I, I went on your Instagram and I was watching some <laughs> of the ways you interact with those younger wow. younger kids and I was like oh my gosh I just got to go all in they don't oh. care if you just go all in. They want that. They want people to, that are charismatic. They they'll listen to people that aren't afraid to be themselves. And so I kind of grasped that and I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to. So when we were in the forest, I was in the forest. <laughs> like there's a bear right there. We have to run away. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And yeah. I just started getting way better results, way better results. And that's something I really really was excited about to have you great ideas there and, and the energy you bring. That's my goal is mm -hmm. to, in a way, I feel like I'm doing something so simple. It's just like playing with them, bringing my inner child, being all in with them, making it like really interactive. But yeah. it's so rare that I see it happening in the school system. Like I am a minority in that way. Mm -hmm. And it feels like adults are missing so much of the potential that kids give us, which is to connect in this really imaginative, open flow state, really. Yeah. And I was watching a swimming class the other day. Like, So I was sitting on, on the deck with the kids that weren't swimming, but mm -hmm. the kids were swimming, the rest of the class was swimming, and it was a kindergarten class. And I personally am not great about getting into the pool. I have anxiety about it. I always have been like that since a child. And so the swimming instructor was great. He had this thing where, you know, they all had like flutter boards and he said, You're, now we're going to like drip some like rainbow unicorn hair on the kids. And so, you know, it was just like him dropping water and they could mm -hmm. imagine the color. Yeah. But when I, a couple of the kids came out because they were cold and I asked them like, what was that like? And they were like, well, at first we were like a little bit nervous, but once we got the color and we could imagine, like we really enjoyed it. It mm -hmm. was so fun. And, and, you know, they were saying it in like a five and six year old way, but yeah. it changes everything and there's really something about our imagination 
creating another world and making it just Definitely. such a loving place. So I love that you went all in and went into the forest and yeah. you know was inspired by you know just kind of like creating your own thing. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it it's it's such a unique thing, and it's I think what's cool about what you're doing is you're giving people permission to do that. Like, hey, this works, so like do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, like if I go all in, I'm just going to look stupid. Right. No, in my opinion, you kind of look dumb if you don't go all in. Because why is that person holding back? They're little, like they're, they're young kids. Like, why are they holding back? They should be going all in. You know? Yeah. But that's an interesting thing about how we grow, right? Like um, the cool thing when you're a kid is to play and be creative. And then we start becoming self-conscious. And then the cool thing is not to do that. Right. Right, So then we disconnect from that. But like the, the, like there's, there's a part that we disconnect from that. And then we think that that's what like an adult is. And I actually don't believe that's what an adult has to be. I think people have levels of being more introverted, extroverted and ways of expression, but all of us, you know, in kindergarten, we're all creative in, in different ways. And we all, you know, there's so much love around painting and creating and writing and singing and skipping. Like most adults don't skip down the street, but that is so common for kids. And you see like a little kid skipping and the parents like trying to pull them. And it's like, maybe the parents should just join them. Right. Oh my gosh. That is such a good idea. Like that is so much positivity in those little there's a few sentences, which is what this podcast is all about. I'm so pumped for this. Speaking of what this podcast is all about, it is all about helping teachers start their week off on the right note, on a positive note, so that they can make the biggest impact possible in the next five days, basically. So with that said, it's it'll be Monday when this comes out. Every Monday, what are you doing to make sure that you hit wherever you're going, whatever class you're teaching, what are you doing to make sure you hit it with at like the most energy you possibly can conjure up? Like, how do you get all of that energy? So, you know, I always feel like there's a balance between like, it depends on the class, right? There are classes that I go into. If I haven't said my name is Miss Rainbow Fairy, I know it's a really tough class because, and meaning that they have a lot of things going on. They might have, you know, difficulty at home or there's a lot. And so the behavior is like, you're up against a lot of behavior and you're usually on your own. So you've got like, you know, a gang of kids, basically like 30 kids, 24 kids that, you know, most adults would think, Oh, they're just out their kids. Like it's not, it is major. Like to control that herd is a big skill and ability. And so my goal is always to reach them. Sometimes I have to be more strict, which I don't like. And I always tell them like, I don't like being like this. I'm really fun and playful. But I would say that it's a balance between I'm always mindful of my tone to the best of my ability. So I, I'm really loving with that. And I don't know, like I, I start out with every class that I start start out with, like I start out with an intro of like, hey, I tell them my, my teacher name. I tell them things about myself that I love art, that I have a learning difference that math was really hard for me, that I have a cat and I give them their, like that's actually one of the most popular things that kids love to talk about with me. And it literally is my cat. Like my cat's name is very long and I give them actions to connect with mnemonics to like trigger their memory, but it's Luna, Magic, Trust, Rainbow, Sparkle, Weinstock. And so all of that creates like a whole thing of like, 
oh, she has a cat. Like I have a dog, I have a lizard. I, like there's, it just opens up space of connection. So I always start out with things like that when I meet a new class. But if I'm seeing the same class, I'm like, hey, how are you guys? Like, you know, what's new? Like I just start out from, I don't go right into the academics right away because, you know, there's so much more to a human being than academics. And some kids really don't resonate with it. I do dance parties sometimes, like just depending on the flow of the day. So I'll be like, let's turn on like a dance music. I will share like, you know, I was in a hip hop video recently. And so I was like sharing that mm-hmm. with them. I really, I think the biggest thing is what teachers need to do is bring themselves into it. So mm-hmm. if you're more intro, I'm pretty extroverted in how like I have a performance background and whatever, but like I play a lot of improv games with them. And literally it's like, it, I call it, Follow the Miss Rainbow Fairy. It is Simon Says, but it is Simon Says in like the weirdest way. I'll like yeah. pretend I'm mad and like, you know, then pretend that I'm opening a closet and like, what's this coming out of it? Oh, it's an apple. I'm eating an apple and like, you know, get them to follow. And then they're all, what is beautiful about humor is it brings everybody together. And mm-hmm. that is something really incredible because we have classrooms that have autistic children, kids that are traumatized from wars, like, you know, kids that are ESL, like they don't speak English as a first language. So everybody comes together in a nonverbal way of communicating through humor and through play. Everybody's included and then everybody feels good and there's a collective consciousness that happens. And then within like the academic part, I'll talk about my own struggles with school, but I'll also say you know, if you're really strong at math and somebody is asking you for help, it's really important to be humble. Yes, you have that strength, but like a kind thing would be to try and very patiently explain it. And then the other person can like give you their skill of like whatever soccer, you know, and support Mm -hmm. you on that. So everybody has something they shine at and it doesn't just, it's not exclusive to like what we deem as important in the academic like kind of like school structure it's all about for me like you are an amazing human being and let's try and empower you to be the best you can be that's really cool to kind of follow up that question are you so before the class like before you go into it are you doing anything to prepare like do you have any rituals that i have to do this before i go in or else i just don't feel comfortable in front of the kids like how do you get in that mindset so my my story is that i was bullied from grade one until the end of high school by different groups of people so school was not a safe place for me it was a pretty traumatic place for me Mm -hmm. and you know there were like nice moments within those many years but that's a pretty long amount of years to have abuse going on and so like at the core, what I believe, like, and there are times as a teacher where you literally have 35 kids talking to you at once, and then you have yard duty, and you have to use the bathroom, but you can't, and like, that you are hungry, and like, you can't close your door, because like, kids are like running, and there's so much on us, and so what I try to do is come back to the moment of like, if somebody needs my attention, I become really present, and I come from the state, like, kind of like a pact that I made myself, I made myself a vow that when I was like about six, that I would become the teacher that I needed, right? Like Mm -hmm. I would grow up and be a teacher. So I'm, even if I am having whatever happening in my personal life, I'm always coming from, I care about each student. Each student matters. Even the students that are driving me the most crazy, those are the students that can teach me more about my patients and like coming back to the present moment. So I just come from that space. So I don't, particularly do anything to prepare each time I'm just always coming from that foundation and sometimes I have less patience sometimes I'm hungrier that day or you know haven't slept well like there's there's human things that happen to teachers that we like we're like we can't be human because we have so much to care about but I come from that and I think that that's something that 
what I would say to other teachers is, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want a better world? Because if you want a better world, it goes way beyond the academics. You have to support that individual. You have to protect their mindset. If they have a learning disability, they might lose their entire hope about their life in grade one. So you mm-hmm. have to like build them up and you have to always support them to surpass what they thought their abilities could be academically, but more as a human being. That's the whole thing I'm looking at. Wow. All of this stuff that you're saying is just building people up, building people up. One of the things you said that really, really struck me right there was you want to become the teacher that you needed. Yeah. And that is like such a good thing. In fact, I feel like that's going to be the quote of the day. That's going to be the challenge for the week at the end of this Mm -hmm. episode. It's going to be think about that and become the teacher that you need because that's kind of where I come from when I when I'm coaching soccer as well it's like I've been through a lot with soccer I've had really really top of the line great coaches and I've had really really negative coaches and somewhere in there is that just coach that's like boom like that's who I want to be Mm -hmm. another thing that you were saying that really struck me was knowing where you come from simple as that it's like always revisiting that it's like hey I, I do, me personally, I do come from a desert in Texas. <laughs> that was <laughs> not, it was a, it's a very interesting place. It's not the worst place in the world, but it definitely is a little rough around the edges. Right before the break, I would like to ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. I like to ask people just because I, I don't want people that come on my show to seem too perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is something that you failed at and how did you react to that failure? I think an area that I've failed at, and it's very tricky because usually I do very well at it. There's been a couple of classes over the last couple of years, and and couple meaning like maybe three that I can think of or four, where there was a lot of needs. Needs meaning a lot of what we do in education, if we ask children if it aligns with what they want, it doesn't most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's what we're prescribing to them, but it's not what they want. And so there's a lot of kind of resistance. And I would say there's a lot of anger underlying. So by the mm-hmm. time they get in grade eight, they're so big that their their tables are literally, some of them are like floating on their knees because they're, they're huge. Like they're way bigger than me a lot of the time, depending. Right. And so that just symbolizes that they've outgrown what we're trying to do in a way. And I think that kids need to be way more involved in like in anything, like we want to, as human beings, we want to be involved in a process, right? So a really effective teacher would involve them, but because there's so much pressure and people have different approaches to teaching. So when I've entered classes that are in the higher grades, like grade eight, and I usually do really well with them because they can feel that I'm funny and I'm cool and I care. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's kids that have more severe trauma Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's multiple kids that have more severe trauma, which means that the class gets completely out of control. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's very hard because I care so deeply. So I'm there to support them in like how they relate to each other. And in those couple experiences, it has not gone well. And I have gone home and cried and just been like, I can't do this. Like, this is so hard because I'm used to having a very high success rate. And uh, and I'm used to being like the most, you know, I'm like go into a school and like I have hundreds of kids like running at me and like wanting to high five me and hug me and like tell me about Mm -hmm. their lives and their wiggly teeth. So when I don't have that, you know, it it definitely triggers back to how I felt in school, like out of control and just trying so hard and 
and why why can't it be like a compassionate environment Mm -hmm. but the reasons behind that are a lot it's to do with like trauma at home and you know their own life experience and also there is a resistance and an anger towards the structures that are in place and they're not involved enough in in what their process is like you know they're Mm -hmm. they're forced to go to school and so but the problem with me is i'm very much like i have to work on my perfectionism because I, my goal is to connect with them and my goal is to be this person that they really trust. And when it doesn't go that way, it's, it's a challenge for me. I think we are about at the break. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. We will be right back after a short message. back (laughs) with Rachel Weinstock. We are at my favorite part of the show, favorite part of the week, favorite part of my life. It is story time. This is the part of the show where I just shut up and let the guests speak. So (laughs) this story could be anything. It could be comedic. It could be sad. It could be happy. It could be literally anything. But I'm going to go ahead and give Rachel the floor. Rachel, it is story time. Yeah, so this is a story that I, I, I am a storyteller, so I love stories, but this is the one that's coming through right now, and it's one that I told recently on a podcast, but I think it's very, it, it shows a lot about our possibilities for, for in education. So I was teaching a class, and unfortunately, I had had a friend who had lost his life to suicide, and it had happened two days earlier, and I had taken off a day, and I had thought about, I'm going in to teach a grade four or five class. Should I tell them? Not that, but just that, you know, I'm kind of coming in more sensitive. I've had something happen in my life and I decided not to. And they were a really lovely class. And the teacher had left me a book to read. And the book, the first sentence was like, you know, something about like, he didn't have a heartbeat anymore. And I like, I just, they know me as a really like fun, playful teacher. And I just like broke down and started bawling. (laughs) They were like, what the heck? So immediately like you could just feel the awkwardness in the room and uh, all the girls kind of like got up and started trying to hug me. And uh, then I explained, you know, I had a friend who had just passed away uh, two days ago and I'm just feeling a little bit sad reading this book. And I'm very much a believer of like what is happening. There's a reason why things are happening. So having an important conversation about death and life, you know, in a classroom and just taking like five minutes to acknowledge like what's in the room. So I just said like, you know, I'm feeling really sad, but the fact that you, I can feel that the people that hug me really care and I can feel the people that don't know what to do also really care. That makes me feel better. And we took like five minutes to just let whoever wanted to name, like I lost a pet rabbit. My grandmother died last year, like whatever. They just literally named it and we just all acknowledged it was a really sacred thing to happen. And, and it doesn't often happen in school. And I think those kinds of things need to happen way more because it's talking about community and life and humanity. It's really important. So that happened. And I went on, I moved on to the next thing and, and felt much better. And, uh, and they were fine too. And then a couple minutes later, one of the girls came up to me and said, those two boys have called me fat. And I said, oh, okay, let's have a conversation about it. And so my secret sauce that I've learned over the years is you're not in trouble. I'll just like, I'll be like, I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you. You're not in trouble. Even if they're like totally in trouble. I just like, I'm very neutral with like how I do it. Because I know that over the years, like many times doing conflict resolution, 
it is the thing that works the most because they could come from a family that they're always in trouble. They're always in a quiet corner. They're always like sent to their room. They're not whatever. So there's a lot of defense. And also we don't want to be wrong as human beings. We have a lot of resistance. So I want them to stay open to the conversation. And I just want to have a conversation so that they can take accountability if they need to and be compassionately whatever, whatever needs to happen can happen. So I call them over and immediately they are extremely defensive. We didn't say anything. We just, we just called her a nickname and we didn't say the fact. So what had happened was, and I've changed her name just to like, you know, honor this, her name for this was Pat, which I've changed. And so, and they said, we want to change the consonant of your first letter. Can we call you Pat with an F? So meaning fat. Mm -hmm. So they knew what they were doing, right? Poison is poison. And so, you know, and and we all as human beings are playing around with power and being, you know, trying to be included in a group, whatever. So I'm very well aware of it. So I kept going and I said, so how did that make you feel when they called you that? And they have to look at each other. So conflict resolution, I'm always sitting down at their level. So I was on a chair at this point. There's two kids here. There's one kid here. She's saying to them, I felt really sad and upset when you said that. And they have to look at her. I will say, because they'll try not to see what they've done. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, you need to look in her eyes. So they looked and then they continued to say, no, we didn't say that, whatever. So I sometimes will go in and say, can you understand why this would be upsetting if somebody called somebody else fat in, in terms of a negative way? Like I'm not talking about, you know, body types. Like I'm, I'm all for body positivity, but it's the it's the intention behind what they're doing um, and, the, and the causing the harm to somebody. So I said, you could call her this and she could decide in this moment that she doesn't want to eat like, you know, health in a healthy way for the rest of her life. You could change the course of her life. And I was really real about it. Mm-hmm. And so the one boy kind of submitted and said, you know what? I shouldn't have said that. I'm really sorry. But the other boy continued. He's like, no, I didn't say anything. We didn't call her that whenever. And I, and I again said, okay, this is what it could look like. I did something really wrong and I'm really sorry. And then I say like, can you forgive me? And the person that's hurt will actually go into like the role play will actually allow them to forgive, even though I'm not the person that hurt them, which is so interesting. And so she said, yes, I can just don't do it again. So I said, okay, now you can try those words. So he finally said, I really shouldn't have said that. And I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And then I said to him, well, what's something that we can build her up with? And it was funny. Cause he said, well, she's really smart and she's really great at gymnastics. And she looked at me and she's like, I don't do gymnastics. <laughs> we all laughed, you know. And then after I went over to her, like later on in the day and said, I want you to remember, like, you know, when I was a kid, a lot of people said terrible things. And I really actually like took those like poisonous seeds and put them in my heart and believed them. I want you to block it because it is not true what they're saying. You're amazing. And I really built her up. And then I also went to the boy that was like extremely resistant at recess time. And I talked to him and I said, I want, I want you to know I'm actually really proud of you. And he's like, you are? I was like, yeah, because you made a bad choice, but you actually took accountability and you grew as a human being. And now you know you're never going to do that again and you can be an ally. And he was just like, yeah, you're right. So it's yeah. this ability to kind of reflect, hey, this is not the best that your human can be. And then support them, like not shame them. I'm not shaming them. I'm just holding them accountable and I won't back down. Because that's an area that adults kind of, they're like, I think we feel like, oh, it's a kid. We don't know because kids are really powerful and we don't want to push them too hard. I'm like, no, I won't back down because I know this is not the best of you. Right. So yeah, it was a really beautiful resolution. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what, what really sticks out there to me is you aren't 
trying to be over them. You're not coming at them like, oh, you did this wrong and I'm the teacher. So whatever I say, go like you're here, you're respecting them. They're respecting you back. They're respecting others. And that's leading by example there. They see that. They see you. They see you as a role model. And that's something that they can take into the rest of their life, which is so unbelievably important. With that said, we are about out of time. So (laughs) if people want to kind of follow your journey and your success and stuff, where can they do that? Sure. So my website is the best place. So it's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, and then same word, Weinstock, W-E-I-N-S-T-O-C-K.com. My Instagram, although it's not linking properly right now, but my Instagram is Miss, M-I-S-S underscore rainbow underscore fairy, F-A-I-R-Y. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. I post videos of me teaching mainly kindergarten classes, but there's definitely like resources there, just like modeling what I do with them and just ideas, insight. And it talks about Luna's on there, my cat, yeah. uh, my family. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like my whole life is on there. And then I add inspirational quotes because I like the idea of having the quote that connects to the photo or video that I'm doing. So that's, that's a great place to follow me there too. Sweet. Well, we will provide links to all of that stuff in the description. And I'm just going to go ahead and give the challenge for the week right now. So every, at the end of every episode, I give you, I give our listeners a challenge to take into the week to help them make the biggest impact possible. And I think this challenge is going to come from earlier today when you you did challenge people to become the teacher that you needed. So think about that as you go into the week and use that in the classroom. Let me know how it goes. Teacher Recharge Podcast at gmail.com. And I hope everyone out there has a wonderful week. Rachel, this was a fantastic episode. I really appreciate your time. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Get up, get up.